You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hey ladies, have you ever been in the middle of a clinical day when your assistant or your hygienist or someone who works for you does something that you want them to do a little bit different or maybe a lot different? Maybe you're a little bit irked or you're furious. Either way, I have felt the pain of being in the middle of taking care of humans and not being able to take the time right then and there to be the manager as well. And then what happens typically is we get to the end of the clinical day and we still haven't talked to that person about what we want them to do differently. And there's two reasons for that. One is because we really are busy. We really are. But the other one is that there's reasons our brain will give us not to have that conversation. It's uncomfortable. And we don't know exactly what we're going to say or how we're going to do it. We don't know how to have a conversation about positive changes that don't turn frustrating for the recipient or for us or both. And the thing is that I have had so many clients come to me and complain about this problem that I have actually made a course just for you, you female dental owners, and it doesn't cost anything at all. (laughs) I made it for you for free. It's deeper than I can go in just a podcast. So what I did was I put the whole course together in a, um, a little online bundle. And all you do is text me to get the course. So I have this number set up. It's 66866. Such an easy number to remember. And you just text the words, love your employees to the number, but you can't leave any spaces between the words or it won't come back. Correct. I don't know what you'll get if you leave a space, but so your autocorrect will want you to leave spaces there. You got to go back in and delete the spaces. Love your employees to 66866. And the next time someone does something in your practice that you want to change, you will have a very easy system that smooths out the speed bumps that our brain wants to put in place for us to not do the thing. But trust me, I have helped many women do this before. It's a tried and true plan. I use it myself, text the number, and then I'll see you in the course. Hey docs, Dr. Laura Mock here again to talk to you about owning your practice, loving your practice, and how it's possible right now, even with your practice exactly the way it is, to start to love it. And this is what I do as a life coach and a general dentist. I teach women how to love their dental practices. With me today, which I will be introducing in a moment, is Dr. David Galler, who is a teacher of a course called Re-Engage, which teaches general dentists to simplify their Invisalign process. And he has a special um, like artificial intelligence inside the Invisalign um, program that you can use after you've taken his class to make your treatment plans a lot more simple for a general dentist with your own general dentist limitations and things like that. And I just have had so much fun learning from him, but also mostly 
I'm, I have him on because he talks about mindset and um, practitioner wellness and um, does a lecture on job satisfaction and also just basically being mentally well. So enjoy this podcast episode. It does include some swears, not some big ones, but just in case you've got kids in the car, skip this one and go to the next one. Okay, ladies. Thanks. Okay, I would like to welcome to the podcast, Dr. David Gallard. Dr. Gallard, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. I know you're in demand. You do all those different things. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here in beautiful Puerto Rico. This is a fantastic location for this podcast. <laughs> um, and he's being sarcastic, which anyone who's listening should probably get used to. You're in snowy Vancouver, Washington. I mean, Vancouver, um, BC, aren't you? I am in Canada today, coming at you from our igloo. But uh, we are super excited for this. We have the Wi-Fi up and running and uh, something you and I have been talking about doing for a long time. So I'm excited we got a chance to do it. I know. I'm excited too. I'm sorry that it wasn't Puerto Rico. That's where it was going to be, right? That was, that was the original plan, but yes. thanks to that hurricane in October, that was no longer feasible. Right. So. And anyway, it was actually a really hard date for me. So I was kind of secretly glad when it got rescheduled. Yeah, I was wondering why the hotel gave us such a low rate for those October dates. I was like, $200 a night? We're, we're going to run a program there. And then a hard, basically, for those who don't know, basically September, October, November, you can't go to Puerto Rico. Like a hurricane hits it like every other week. And this year they got a real whopper of a hurricane, mm -hmm. uh, which is why if you ever go to cruise or vacation in Puerto Rico in September, October, November, it is like bargain basement sweet you know with like a hundred dollars a night or two hundred dollars a night and I thought I was just right. take genius, your chances but... we'll see maybe yeah. I don't know I'll stay home <laughs> so in, for anyone who does not know Dr. Galler is a general dentist and teaches general dentists how to do Invisalign in a more predictable um simplified can i say simplified that's not insulting yeah it? simplified systematic way systematic. You know, philosophy. yeah yeah so and i went to your class this summer i had heard about it several times because i am a bioclear person and so i'd been to several bioclear classes and everyone was like oh yeah i'm a gallerite and i'm like what's that what tell me more you know and so, of course, then I had to wait my turn to go to your class because it always gets filled up. I went to your class and I just drank your Kool-Aid, but it tasted really, really good. <laughs> awesome. No, it was great to have you. Yeah. Awesome. And you just really simplified and clarified some concepts for me and helped me to understand what not to touch. But then also all of these patients that I could benefit and um, and how. So thank you for that. My pleasure. But we are not here to talk specifically about orthodontics today. We are here because during your class, you got into my favorite subject, which is mindset work or like looking at what is happening in our brains and seeing how it is helping us move forward the way we intend to or stopping us from moving the way we want to. And so I want you to tell me about your theory about what happens in dental school, for example, why we don't do ortho, but more generally as well, what is happening? Why do we all believe that we suck? 
Yeah, it, you know, it's a funny game, you know, and it took me about 15 years of practicing before I turned around and I'm like, I'm not the only one who like walks around just kind of like a nervous Nelly all the time. And, you know, you start talking to other dentists and I meet about 50 general dentists a week, let's say, you know, um, through WhatsApp or through conventions or conferences. And so many of us, like I could have gone to medical school, like I had the grades to go to medical school, but everyone around me was like, don't go to medical school because healthcare is taken over and you'll have no quality of life. Go to dental school because you'll have an awesome quality of life and you'll be super happy. And then my dad's a dentist. He's like, yeah, don't go. Cause I, I was like, I'll be a cardiologist. I thought the heart was cool, but everyone's like, no, you'll be in medicine. You'll be in hospitals all the time. You won't have any quality of life. Go to dentistry and you'll be super happy. And then I'm 15 years into it. And I'm like, nobody's happy. I don't know any happy dentists except for ones who sold to a DSO and are just retired now. Everyone else who's seeing patients day to day is pretty nervous, anxiety ridden, and you wake up one year day and you're like, is anybody happy? And you rarely find, you know, dentists that's happening. And it, it's a shame because this is a beautiful profession. It makes a great living. You know, we get to make our own hours. We help people. Thankfully, nobody dies or 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 is like, you know, dead because of a decision we made. And yet, the day to day dentist is like worn out mm -hmm. it's crazy i don't know many dentists that come home every day and just have some big smile across the face and the question you know let's let's just chat about like why where does this come from why how can we all be miserable yeah i mean let's talk about school let's talk about how we were trained first because as a life coach i look into the habits that we have in our brains you know, a brain is just an organ. It sits between your ears and its job is to tell you what's happening in your environment and then filter it to decide if this is good for survival or bad for survival. And as we um, bring in all this data, our brain gets a little bit overwhelmed with all the things. So it starts to make habits or pathways, we call them neural pathways, where we think the same thing over and over and over again. And while we're in school, let's just name some of the crappy messages that we got from dental school. I'll name one and then you can name one. How about um, if there is a complication, it's because you did something wrong. Yeah, that'll do it. I mean, my, my, listen, I went to, I went to Penn. So it's an Ivy League school. And looking back, I say, I'll go to good education. I was happy when I got out first year and I was with other residents. I was like, I know more than you. I did a lot of clinical. I felt good about it. But in school, I remember being in pre-clinic and they just showed us how to cut an MO. And I cut one. It, it didn't, it looked like it should for my first MO. Mm -hmm. And the instructor was like, Whoa, you suck. This, this might not work out. And I was like, Oh, shoot. And then I cut another one. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you suck. It's it's a three millimeter box. And we specifically said one and a half millimeter. And I was like, Oh, shoot. And then they were like, I cut one and it was like, two ish. And he's like, Yeah, it's you're. I don't know if you're getting the hang of this. And, you know, the dental school mentality throughout and specifically this pre-clinic and which I hated was you suck you suck you suck you passed great and that let's say you know you break up your dental school class into three parts which is what I always tell everyone 20% of the people like okay you're like a Michelangelo I don't even know how you knew how to wax up 
uh, essential incisor, like, okay, you're just an artist, good for you. You know, we could both draw pictures of people and mine would be a stick figure and yours is like a portrait, great. And then you got your 20% of people and I'm like, you missed clinic, you forgot to come, you didn't bring your supplies, you don't even know what we're doing today, you were supposed to get this checked off and you didn't. So let's take out those two sections. The rest of the people are like 60%. And that's where most of dentists fall into. And I was like, you suck, you suck, you suck. I don't know if this is going to work out. All right, this crown looks okay-ish. And you have a retention groove, so nicely done. And then you pass. But that mentality of like, you're terrible, you're terrible, terrible. I think it stays with us. Like hearing that you're bad. I remember I remember filing, put in a file into my first route. Like... It was like terrible. I got like a half an inch. I was like, I think I was like halfway down the canal and I thought I was done. This is the day before Apex Locators. Mm-hmm. And the instructor came over. He was like, this is terrible. We haven't even gotten close to the nerve. And I was like, I don't know where the bottom of this thing is. And it just makes you feel so bad that first time. I think that, I think there's some trauma that uh, stays with you. Oh, do you ever have dreams that you're back in dental school or like it's board's day or something? I do. Absolutely. About two to three times a year, I go to sleep and I'm in dental school and something is going horribly wrong. Like I can't get my handpiece to turn on. I can't find the lecture hall. Mm -hmm. Um, My patients, I'm just drilling, drilling, and I never get to the caries. Um, and I have a sister, her name is Dana. She's a psychologist. She's a board certified psychologist in NYU in New York. And I told her, I'm like, Dana, two or three times a year, I go to sleep and I'm thinking, she goes, when you dream, are you really there? And I'm like, yes. And she goes, when you wake up, are you like sweaty and out of breath and nervous? I'm like, yes. And she goes, does it take you like 10 or 15 minutes to realize that you've already graduated and you're board certified and you're actually a success? And I'm like, yes, yes. She goes, we have a name for that. I'm like, what? She goes, it's called PTSD. She's like, what happened to you there? And I was like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. Well, this is perfect because this is exactly, a paints the exact picture I'm trying to always explain to my ladies, where we get into habits while we're in dental school and then we carry them into private practice. And those shameful thoughts, I suck at this. I hope nobody knows how much I actually suck. They talk to us while we're working on in the clinic. And oh my goodness, I just nixed the tooth next to the one I'm working on. Or my my Invisalign case has a posterior open bite or whatever it is, it automatically goes back in your brain and goes, see, you suck. I told you. And that hurts you. And it also hurts your patients because then you don't recommend treatment that you actually do know how to do that could help them. But you're not saying it because you don't feel confident. Yeah, it's it's weird. Even 25 years later, whenever I remove a temporary crown on a tooth and I hear a crack, like a like a suction break, somebody in my brain goes, you broke the prep. Nice going, Dave. Nice going. Because one time, like in 1999, mm-hmm. I removed a temporary crown and I had a real skinny abutment and I cracked the abutment off in the temporary crown and it started bleeding and need a root canal and need a new core. Ever since that day, there's this voice in my head. I'm talking like every time I get the crown remover and I remove a temporary crown, right as I grip it, somebody in my head goes, you're about to break it because you mm-hmm. suck. Mm-hmm. And I can't shake that guy. 
Well, it's definitely in there. So the life coach in me would congratulate you for knowing that it's there. So the best way I have to deal with it, and this is what I've started to do to deal with that, is I stopped doing crowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do a lot fewer crowns than I used to because I do the BioClear thing now. But that aside, most of us can't just stop being dentists. We already bought in. We are a million dollars in debt. Yeah. We are running on the hamster wheel and trying to do the insurance game or whatever. So we're on the struggle bus sometimes. And I'm just over here, you know, we're talking about how these thoughts got into our minds. And the thing is that you did this thing in re-engage that I really appreciated, which is that you gave me new thoughts to think. You gave me some new ways to think about what I do as a general dentist, as it, as it um, pertains to Invisalign. And that's why I wanted you on here. Like, do you, you teach that class every week. So just tell us some of the things that you told us just about orthodontics that help us to feel more confident in what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, you know, in dental school, you're told, you know, don't talk ortho, you know, don't, it's not, it's not your plane. Don't do it. You know, when I, when an instructor came over to me and be like, Hey David, what do you see? Like, if I was like, Hey, I see a class two malocclusion with huge overjet and, you know, a narrow arch, he'd be like, Oh, thank you very much, Mr. Fancy Pants. You know, why don't you write a paper on it and, 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 and mail it in. Um, because orthodontics is not it focused. It's not even looked at. I mean, I, I, regularly have kids coming through the course who graduated 2020 2021 and like has it changed you know you have a patient in your chair you just spent you know four hours doing a profi and a medical history and now they're coming the instructor's coming over for an exam did at any point they ask you what molar occlusion is there is there a crossbite is there an open bite is there crowding it's it's not even it's considered full pop but everything relates to it oh you have bleeding on probing on your lower anterior teeth yes yeah, because they're overlapped mm -hmm. okay you know oh what are you did you just do you have an abstraction yeah it's because your teeth are pointed towards the lingual mm -hmm. yeah does this front tooth chip off yeah it's because you have a class three and you're trying to put a big lower circle inside of a upper bigger circle and you have a traumatic occlusion here and it's going to keep happening no matter what bonding agent you use or what prep style or retention groove you put in but there's just not this focus. And there is no dental school in the country that has a ortho first focus. Um, and what I teach everybody in the course is you're a slave to that system. Yes. And it's hard to break out. See, what I, what I couch it with is, you know, you take the course and I'm like, boom, this thing's blowing up. You should be doing Invisalign in your practice, you know, and everyone kind of is in their head. And I'm like, you got to diagnose every patient. And what everybody says back in their head when they're listening to me is like, not every patient, David, I don't, because I don't want to be like salesy because Invisalign is salesy. It's like whitening. I don't want to tell six people in a row, they got to give me $5,000. But the only reason we think like that is because of dental school. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only reason we don't care, we don't like uh, uh, people say, oh, I care about, I care about, but you don't really like, you don't really like if somebody has crowding and you're like, do Invisalign, they're like, no way. And you're like, cool. See you in six months. Because we don't really value it. And it's a shame. It's really hard. I struggle with it sometimes 
because in dental school, I was told caries perio cancer, caries perio cancer. So um, you were talking to us in the class about how it's so easy to say you need a root canal and a crown on this tooth. Yeah. You know, and if they say, no, I don't want to do that. You're like, no, seriously. Yeah. Do you, no, 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 don't, don't walk out yet because yeah. you might end up in the emergency room with an abscess and I can't let you do that. Please right. listen. To There's this urgency on it. These, yes. urgency on these things that we know, this big MO. And I feel confident yeah. about it. I feel confident that it's true that right. they would benefit from the treatment. Right. Yeah. But then if I have someone who's like, you know, super narrow palate, deep bite, crowded, crowded, maybe the anterior, lower anteriors are like up on the palate, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, you, you, know, you could, you could straighten me. Cute. Wouldn't it be cute? <laughs> Wouldn't it be cute to do Invisalign? Wouldn't it be fun? You'd be so happy. We're here. Look at Tina. She's wearing it. Oh, look, we're running a special $500. Like we should, Laura, you and I, we should walk into a room and go, oh, oh, lower crowding. All right. Take pictures. We're doing Invisalign. Yeah. I don't want it. What do you mean you don't want it? You you, you have your, your teeth are not correct. They're not in a circle. They're supposed to be in a circle. Yeah, no, I don't want to. I, listen, I'm sorry. But this is the, the, I can't let you walk out with a broken arm. Gordon, we got to talk about this. Yeah, we got to like, talk about how gum disease gets worse because your crowding and gum disease also causes heart attacks. So let's talk about this, you know, and, and that takes a shift in the mindset and I loved how you went over that in reengaging. You didn't say to us, I'm going to help you with your mindset, but I knew that's what you were doing. And I just really appreciated it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for myself. It's, you know, it's easy for me to speak about because I know I struggle with it. I'll come into a room, see a giant, you know, occlusal cavity with a giant hole going. And I'm like, root canal time. And like, you're like, I can't afford it. I'm like, root canal time. You're like, I'm going to Italy, root canal time. I don't feel any pain. I'm like, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to change me. Mm -hmm. But like on the Invisalign front, I become like a clown. I'm like, look at this picture. Look at that. Look at this. I could do this. Look at this before. Like, I'm so salesy, yeah. you know, because I'm not confident. And the reason I'm not confident, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not confident. You know, I've done thousands of cases is, is that I don't value it the same way I do. And it's a struggle. And I'm talking to myself and I teach this stuff. I value caries, perio and cancer. I have to really work hard to value ortho and I blame dental school for it. There's another thing. I completely agree with what you said. And there's another like side of that, which is that um, when I'm telling someone that they have cavities and I can fix them with fillings. I feel like I am helping them. I am doing them a favor. But when I ask them if they want to do Invisalign with me, it's almost like I'm asking them to do me a favor because I'm not thinking about it in the way that benefits them. I'm thinking about me and that's bad sales. 100%. And people could sniff it on you in a second, Laura. Yes. You know, the number one thing I hear, I know, and I, I like to speak to so many of my students before and after classes and people come before and after they're like, oh, I'm doing consults. I'm doing consults. No one's saying yes. It must be the inflation or the recession or this or that or Biden or Trump or blah, blah, blah. There's so many good reasons why. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's you. There's something in your there's something in your voice. I know that you're saying this line and this, but there's something in your voice, something in the way that you're saying it patients picking up this is cute 
It's optional. It's nice. It would be nice to do this, but I'm going to Italy. So not right now. <laughs> That's so good. I tell my clients to start their day and ask themselves how they can help or who they can help and to focus on thinking about ways that they can improve the lives of their patients through the skills that they have. Instead of thinking today, I want to sell one Invisalign case. Right. And if right. you just do that, if you just offer people what you know how to do, you're definitely going to be doing more Invisalign. But and I think you'll enjoy it more. I think when you're, you'd be surprised when your consult is from a place of confidence and I really want to help you, people just say yes. You know, I understand finances, finance, people always throw finances, finance, finance. But what I teach in bigger courses is, People will spend money on things that they value. If you value it and by turning back, and the best example, as I say, you know, we have a room of like 100, 200 people there, um, sometimes staff, sometimes, and I'll call on somebody and I'd be like, do you have a phone? And they'll pick up their iPhone and it's like iPhone 11, 12. And I'm like, scenario, you went to the bathroom, you come back, your cell phone's gone. It's not on this table. You look right, you look left, you look pocketbook, you look back. You live in Denver, we're in Chicago. Uh, you're here for the weekend. Are, are you going today to Verizon, to T-Mobile, to buy another cell phone? 100%. It's $1,100, your warranty just expired yesterday, slash blah, 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 it didn't cover this, that. Will you drop 1100 today for a new iPhone? 100%, everyone's like, yeah, I would leave this course in the middle, get someone to Uber me to the place, and I have an iPhone in my possession by nightfall. And I'm like, did you plan on spending $1,000 today? You're an assistant, you're on $15 an hour, $20 an hour, you're on a fixed budget. Nope, wasn't planning on it, don't have the money, but there's zero chance I'm gonna go a weekend, much less a week or a month without an iPhone. Mm -hmm. You take away someone's phone, you'll be like, buy a new one, nothing to talk about. I don't have the money. I'll borrow the money. I'll space it. I'll figure it out. If people have, why do people do that? Because they value the cell phone. I can't exist without a cell phone. If they translate that to their teeth and their health and their alignment, nothing stands in their way. You just, if you value this, people will say yes. And people could sniff it on the dentist, whether the dentist values it or not. Yeah. So if you're thinking as a dentist, that Invisalign is something that you can do just because it looks pretty or because it's fun or whatnot, then it's going to be a lot harder to enroll your patients than if you're thinking of this as a life-changing service, which frankly, a lot of times it is. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with doing cosmetic cases. So, I mean, sometimes I see people coming around and their teeth and I notice them across the room and I'm like, I gotta be honest, you're a beautiful person, but if I could just align these teeth you will increase in your level of confidence for, you know, the health, you know, depending on the patient, you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, I'm not cosmetic. I'm not, but I do sometimes listen, listen, I know what happens when I straighten your teeth. When I pull that canine back into the arch, I know you're very confident and you're successful and you went to college and you're already married and you have a job, but I'm telling you, I pull that canine in and she wraps around with the other ones. You're going to be, you're going to be a different person. And I know what can happen. And I'm, I'm pretty, confident in my presentations i'm like i could change your life like with this thing i always think about you know these people on the you ever watch that show the biggest loser oh yeah 
Mm-hmm. So the, for the, the audience who doesn't know, it was a, I don't even know it's still on anymore, but they used to find these people that were like 600 pounds, you know, really just had lost their way. Um, and they just feed them salad and make them run on a treadmill for like eight weeks. And like, they lose like 300 pounds or something like that. Or It's crazy. But you just see this like happiness in them at the end. And it's overwhelming to me. And I'm like, I have that ability. I have those skill set to do for people with their teeth, you know, and why wouldn't I want that for you? Yeah. I mean, it is kind of amazing because we know a smile is so powerful. So a smile powerful. changes so many things in one person's life. And here we are in a, in an industry where we get to help people with that every day. It's super freaking awesome. Yeah. And listen, my dad's generation of dentists, you know, if they wanted to do the same thing, it's, it's a lot. That's all, you know, you're, you're losing enamel. Now you've got porcelain on it. Some of it's staining 10 years later, we're seeing a little bit of a gingival margin metal, you know, even on the BioClear, if we're going to remake your crowding with BioClear, it's going to crack, you know, you're, it's a lifetime of, of watching over some of this, the stains and stuff like that. When you're trying to fix teeth that are in the wrong position, you know, cosmetically. And now, so a generation ago, they did, my dad's generation, they didn't have this skill set. Now I have the skill set. I just got to put plastic in your mouth. Yes. You wear it mm-hmm. and I can change your life. It's, it's such a valuable skill. I would do this even, you know, even if I didn't need to for a living, I would still want to do this procedure. I agree. I think it's so fun and amazing. By the way, we've sold six cases since I came home. There you go. Six new happy smiles. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Well it's done. So fun. So fun. So let's go, let's talk more generally again, because we've talked and we talked about this before we started recording about how dentists are just in general, they are not happy with their careers. You know, there is a whole, there is a whole industry coaching industry for helping dentists get out of clinical dentistry and do something else because they go through all of this time and so much effort. Oh my gosh. So hard to become a dentist. And then they get here and they're not happy and they either leave or worse yet, they stay in and just slog through their days over and over and over again. So what is causing They they pick up, you know, they pick up some habits, which we're known for, you know, stress release habits slash the ultimate. And we we really lost, we lost a a real important person in the academy last year. Um, You know, everyone knows some dentists who just, the darkness just took over too much. Yeah. That happened. It's a shame. It's a shame. That happened to two women here in Iowa during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, I think the most important thing that I always, and this is a topic that's like you, Laura, is very dear to my heart. Um, I I only lecture on two things. I lecture on Invisalign and then about three or four times a year, I'll lecture on dental happiness. Um, You know, I'll do it in Colorado in January. I'll do it in Florida in June, just part of the convention. Um, and I don't have any coaching. It's just something different to my heart. But whenever I start this topic or whoever's listening, everyone who's on the call or listening to this, wherever you are, just know whatever thoughts you have in your head about this is overwhelming. I can't handle this. I'm the only one. Why does my practice suck? You are so not alone. You are so not alone. I've achieved great success in my practice and my career and have, you know, a lot to be thankful for and known around. And I'm telling you, I have 
those same feelings, those same doubts, those same anxiety, that same worry on daily, weekly, monthly basis about my practices and my patients. Mm -hmm. But why? Why? So I'll throw out some theories. I don't have it all pinned down. I know that we're all the same. I know that the most talented dentist and the least talented dentist, I know the dentist that's grossing 6 million and the one who's grossing 400,000 all have the same fears, anxieties. I have a couple of theories. I'll throw them out. Yeah. You'll tell me which ones you think. Okay. You do your theories, then I'll do mine. Okay. Well, we're going to trade punches here. There's, okay. there's a weird thing in dentistry and that is, it is never enough. What, Laura, you have one practice in Iowa. Um, have you thought about another one? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, sorry, you have two. No, have you, I was saying maybe two. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, right. I, I only yeah, so you didn't tell me. No. Yeah, uh, Laura, you have one, um, two. If you get four, you might be able to bundle them up and sell them for a 6X to a DSO, and then your children don't have to work. Um, <laughs> one's cute, but I didn't know that you were lazy. Um, do you not use a laser? You don't have the BioLace laser or the Opus laser? Oh, I, I knew you were a good dentist, but I thought you were up to date with what you don't place implants. What you didn't, you don't do it. You didn't do a sign. Oh, you do place them, but you don't do sinus lift. Like there's this thing in dentistry where whatever you're doing is not, you got 20 new patients a month. Well, if you would have joined Yappy, you would have gone a hundred new patients a month. What you have SEO, you have an Instagram, but if your whole office is not dancing to to sweet Caroline every other day, you're just not putting in the quite effort. Like it's, you go to a dental convention and I'm guilty of this at the convention because I push, I want people to do Invisalign, but whatever you're at is not enough. It's not enough. You're a gold provider Invisalign, you should be gold plus. You're gold plus, you should be platinum. You're not platinum, you should be diamond. I don't know why we do this to each other. I don't think this happens in other industries. Like I have a friend who's a GI. He goes to GI conventions and every booth is like, hey, here's a new GI machine or here's a new way that we check for colorectal cancer. It's not like your website sucks. Get more patients. You don't have enough patients. Open up another GI office. Open up two more GI offices. Open up another three chairs in your office to see more patients. It's just like, here's how you be a better GI. Why do we have this fascination with bigger, 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 more, more, more patients, more operatories, more offices? Okay, I have an answer to that. We are singular with maybe some op, um, ophthalmologists and some um, podiatrists, maybe chiropractors. We are singular in the fact that we are the technician and the business owner. And so there is entrepreneurial and leadership duties that we didn't aspire to. Like when you were thinking about going to dental school, were you like, and I'll be a manager of 10 people. Right. No, no. Yeah. And so now this is extra dangerous because of how human brains work. So we got the technician thing where we're like, I'm going to do this perfect crown margin and I'm going to get six degrees of taper and perfectly rounded internal line angles and everything. And then there's that, but then there's team members who want to take time off. And then there's the insurance company denying claims. And then there's what you see on social media, which is the same for everybody, except for most of people in their careers don't do that dual role where they're technician and the entrepreneur for their practice. That plus how brains sift information is what turns us into miserable little lumps. 
Yeah, listen, I, I aspire to that. If you speak to your friend who's a primary care physician, who's a doctor, who makes two hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you ask them what their day is like, their day is walking into room, talking to people, processing information, and reading labs and CAT scans and talking to other doctors. I was like, how about procedures? He's like, I take blood pressure every now <laughs> and then, like I'll put an IV line in. And I'm like, just listening to people and reading their histories and understanding what's going on and diagnosing is, is first base. Mm -hmm. After that, I got to do microsurgery on your human organs. Let's call them your teeth to the 10th of a millimeter precision sometimes. While you there's know, a tongue and a cheek going yeah, and somebody's spitting on it. Plus you're nervous. So I'm trying to calm you down. Yep. The only equivalent, the level of precision. Now, you know, when I graduated dental school, loops were like the endo guys were doing loops. But now every, every Joe and gal has loops, 3040. So we're looking, I mean, we're tight on these things. Right? We're, we're tenths of a millimeters precision on our preps and crowns and this and that. The only other equivalent medical person who's working at that is like a microsurgeon. Those are people who take blood vessels in your leg, re-sew them up because you have varicose veins or they're doing bypass. That's the only other person working at that level or an eye surgeon. Mm -hmm. All the rest of the medical profession, you know how big the lungs are? Like microsurgeons make minimum a million dollars a year for tying your blood vessels and finding other ones. And I don't think that that precision part is what's stressful. I think it's impressive. I think it's cool, but it's the part that you were talking about where it's like, oh, I don't have the right equipment. And I think if I get a, the equipment, I'll be happy. Or I think if I get another practice, I'll be happy. Or if I get more new patients, I'll be happy. But the thing is that all of our feelings come from one thing and that is from our thoughts. We have a thought in our brain about, is this good for survival or bad for survival? And then that creates an emotion inside our body. So if we want to actually be happy with our profession, it starts with being aware of what we're thinking in our minds. Are we comparing ourselves to the practice down the street? Are we telling ourselves that we suck? Are we thinking that it, we won't be happy until the next phase of our lives. That is actually what creates our unhappiness. And it just so happens that when we're doing the dual role and we were trained in dental school to be, to know that we suck, then we get here and it's like a magical, bad combination of factors that creates, like I said, miserable lumps. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. It's just this fascination with more, more, more. You go to dental convention, walk up and down the aisles, and it's just like more patients, more offices, more insurance billing. Hey, better way to remind your patients about their offices. Hey, better social media. Hey, how's your SEO? More, 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 more. And I'm guilty. I'm on that same train. I'm sorry, but I do the same thing. I don't know how I got here, but I push dentists to do more Invisalign and <laughs> I, I do it from a place of help. I do, but guilty as charged. There's just something about this profession. That's I have two brother-in-laws. They're both weirdly neuroradiologists. Hmm. Just mm -hmm. a quirk of, I get my sister and one brainy guys. I don't know, but they don't have the same, like, I need another office. 
I need another op. I need more new patients. They just kind of do what they do and read brain scans and just try and keep everybody alive. I don't know. Maybe we have too much free time because we don't worry about people dying. Like this fascination with more, more. Well, the reason that it works to sell to dentists, the reason that we're such good buyers is because we're unhappy and they, the people who are selling us things show us, oh, they feed right into you it. buy this and then yeah. you will be happy. Buy yeah. this and then you will be happy. And we're like, yes, all I need is a quick solution because I'm miserable. Here's my money. Take it. Yeah. Can you make my website better? Will I get more patients and more reviews if you just do that? And then I'll be happy. There are more dental sales people than in any other health, like if you matched all the dental salespeople against let's call podiatry or optometry or ophthalmology, it's 10 to one. Maybe they're driving this thing to us. Mm-hmm. Something, something's happening where it's just, you never meet a person who's like, I'm happy. It's amazing. I don't need more ops. I, well, maybe you are. Laura, but... <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm raising my question, my hand, because I have a question for you. Do you have like, do you have advice? Like we've done a really good job of pointing out what the problem is. Yeah. What is your suggestion for the average dental practice owner who just wants to go home and feel good about what she did or be able to be working without that? unhappy or scared feeling what do you tell people I mean you talk to so many generations you talk to way more than I do what what's your advice so one thing I want there's like one easy thing one hard thing to do so one easy thing to do and I tell this to dentists whether they're two years out or 20 years out and it's quirky and it's weird but it works you take a little yellow legal pad right take a little pad like you know that put it in your desk cut down the column One column, you write good. Other column, you write bad. Every time you do a procedure that works correctly, crown inserted, number 30, very nice. Number 12, MOD, contacts made, occlusion goo, no sensitivity, no good. You put it in the good column. Mm -hmm. Every time something just quirky happens, this tooth has sensitivity, this crown fell off, uh, perio inflammation here, uh, this one didn't work out, I pulped out on this one, you put it in the bad column. And you do it for a month full January. At the end of the month, you will see that your good procedure column is like 10 pages longer than the other one. And the other one is a number nine that just keeps chipping and the patient keeps eating ice and you just don't listen to them. When you see the bulk of your work that is exceptional, that you are a good dentist, that you don't break off the abutments when you remove the temporary crowns 99.9% of the time, You'll be like, God damn, I'm a good dentist. I should charge more. I should have, look at these hand skills. <laughs> look at all these procedures that worked amazingly. You know, you'll get so much more happiness because our brains are wired to, uh, they call it uh, the uh, remuneration. It's not remuneration. Um, what the word. It's like where you think of all the bad, you just focus on the bad. I don't know what the name of that is, but we definitely do that. And it's because yeah. it was good for survival in the evolutionary elite speaking yeah so you know you have 10 crowns that went on perfectly one came off and you just don't forgive yourself and you just keep you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it but if you have that secret just hide it for yourself just put it in your desk and when that when you just look at that you go no 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 no. this is i got i got some good hands here i got some good skills my patients are lucky to have me i think that creeps a lot of people happiness and then you know the second thing and this is more quirky is i tell everyone who's a dentist 
Like I can't get you out of the rat race. To be honest, I don't know how to do that. I'm in the rat race myself, but I think you should have time for yourself every week for guilty pleasures, like something that you do that makes you happy. And I give people examples like, you know, on a Sunday, like not playing with your kids specifically, not even listening to them, not even talking to them, just letting them literally just watch TV for 12 hours. And even though there's a voice in your head that goes, you're the worst dad ever, you're the worst mom ever, screw it. Yeah. Or if your spouse goes, that's really selfish. I go, it certainly is. Like, I'm going to do this for myself because it's self-care. I tell some people, hey, you know, go running. I don't know if you're a runner, Laura, but some runners, man, they love the run. They they come back from a run and they're like, oh, I feel good. I feel that runner's high. Or, you know, just stop at 7-Eleven on the way home and just eat a Ben and Jerry's whole thing in the car and then just throw it out inconspicuously before you get home. You know, give yourself some guilty pleasure every week that is just you. And if somebody would see it, they'd be like, that's really selfish, David. I'd go, it 100% is. In dental school, my first year out, I used to go to the movies by myself to just calm down. So I had work to do. I had labs. I, and like once in a while, I would just go to it and see whatever movie on my own for two and a half hours. And it was not fair and it was selfish and it wasn't a productive use of time. And I specifically did it because of that. Um, and I try to do something like that every week. And I think that that brings me a lot of happiness and gives me kind of a place to go to. So comment on the first one, life coach perspective would be you're giving your brain new thoughts to think. And you're showing your brain the facts instead of the brain assuming that everything is terrible. You're like literally going, no, actually, you just look at these facts and look at all these happy people. Then you have these two or three or whatever that didn't go well. And it just gives your brain something else to believe that's not see you suck. So yeah. I love that. And the second one, yeah, we all got to make time to take care of ourselves. And whatever that is, is going to be different for each person. I like the idea of letting your children sit and watch TV. I did used to hide from my children sometimes, but they're grown now. So I don't ever have to make time. Yeah, just me. like so overdone in our head. Perfect father, perfect husband, perfect uncle, perfect son, perfect dentist, perfect boss. How about I'm not perfect yeah. purposely? And if you saw it, you'd be like, David, that's really selfish of you. Wow. You, you don't have to lecture until Monday, but you go out to Vegas a day early for yourself and you just chilled when the kids could have used you or this could have used you or the practice could have used you for another day. Just do find something in your day, something that you do that is just you, that if anybody would be like, whoa, and you go, exactly. If somebody go, if somebody looks at it and goes, whoa, then you go, oh, I finally found something that's good. Yeah, I, I was supposed to come home five o'clock from work. I didn't. I came home at nine o'clock because I went shopping instead. I went shopping. Yeah, that was selfish and, and nice. But yeah, that means I'm healing. Yeah. Last year, I went to Hawaii by myself. Love I didn't it. even record a podcast or anything while I was there. I just breathed in the floral air and watched for the whales. And that was basically all I did. Sometimes I take an extra connection flight just to give myself a break of time. Really? You know? Yeah. That's 100%. fun. I love planes. I love airplanes. Airplanes are the best to me. I don't understand why connections cost less. You should have to pay more. It's two planes. What's your <laughs> what's your favorite airline? Delta, all the way. Are you are you diamond medallion? Diamond, diamond, high medallion. High, high. Like they treat I don't have to buckle up when I sit down on the plane. <laughs> I, I, they don't, I know I don't have to lean my chair up when we land. They're like, oh no, he's He's David Gallery. He doesn't have to do that. Oh, that's amazing. I'm just excited because this year I am platinum. 
Very nice. Our ladies really don't care about that, but platinum medallion. I'm getting there. So platinum solid. Platinum solid. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Great. Yeah. Actually, I really hope your listeners uh, get a good laugh and uh, just know they're not alone. Yeah. All really are. I don't. from so many different age groups and cultures and parts of the country you're from Iowa I'm from New York you know but somehow we all became kind of the same person yeah uh, and it, it's I think it's refreshing for dentists if nothing else to just know no matter what you think is going on in your head I promise you everybody's feeling the same thing and the one person who's Instagramming how amazing their life is and how perfect their dentistry is is usually the one who's the most stressed mm-hmm. that's very true how do ladies um how do they get how do they find your class your re-engage class? So the re-engage course is really, uh, it's where you learn how to do Invisalign. You know, it's, it's like the best kept secret in dentistry that we're all doing Invisalign, but nobody knows how to do it. We're just not great at teaching it uh, from the Invisalign. Everyone gets a certificate and then you're like, what? I'm an orthodontist. So this is uh, the course. It's on, if you go to the American Academy of Clear Aligner website, that's uh, www.aacaaligners.com. Just Google it. American Academy of Clear Aligners. Uh, you just click continue education and um, they sponsor all the courses. So uh, they they teach the re-engage course. Uh, I am the, uh, the sitting president uh, right now of the academy. Uh, so they do that. We have a couple of different courses out there. Um, and we take everybody and we have a good time. Whether you want to do Invisalign or not, it's just nice. It's a fun two days. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And when I went, I actually was a clear correct provider. So you've, you converted me over though. <laughs> All good. Clear liner. Teeth or teeth. Ortho's ortho. All right. We're going to sign off ladies. Thank you so much for listening in and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to my podcast today. I'm Dr. Laura Mock signing out. Remember, if you want to take that free course on correcting your employees, text the words, love your employees with no spaces to 66866. Thanks, ladies. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.